Welcome to I've heard it both ways. It's a meditation ain't working. So I'm about to lose it. I'm caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. It's a meditation. And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways, your podcaster's favorite podcast. Favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. Oh, awesome. I'm glad you're here to keep me in line. Well, one week of college football under our belts. We got NFL starting Thursday. It, it really was a depressing summer in terms of sports. Nothing too exciting going on. Nothing but bad news. The Warriors dynasty. Red Sox are on pace to win 100 and like 510 games. So that was that was cool. But that was literally the only thing that kept me alive through they, the summer. They were on pace for 116 were, games. And yeah, they could, I think they could still win 118 games. They just have to go undefeated the rest of the way. But I believe it could happen. I've never seen Ben so positive in my entire life. That's that's what a good baseball team can do for you. A good baseball team is more healthy than a, having a good woman. That's all I have to say. Because I know a lot about that that sort of thing, like a lot. Well, that's why we listen to you. It's that is exactly why. Keen insights. Keen insights for days. So going back to last week, we just talked about a lot of college football. I love how I went zero and four on our first like recorded. Picks. First time we go on record. Yep. Not and a great I, way to get started. Yeah, I didn't gain a lot of credibility here, but that, <laughs> but that's what underdogs have to do. They have to start at the bottom. Exactly. So we, we I, can I only build I, it up. We can only go up from here. I feel like I literally can only go up. So <laughs> I'm Sorry. looking forward to earning everyone's trust. So the only we picked Miami. They got curb stomped. We picked uh, Michigan. They looked like trash for three and a half quarters. Oh, we both picked Washington. Washington. That was just an ugly game all around. Uh, what was the fourth one? Oh, it was Virginia Tech, Florida State. I, I picked Virginia Tech. You had Florida State. So There's so many things I'd like to take back. <laughs> so I guess the best way to open up is with this segment, the one that got away. One take that you made last week that you would like to take back. I would like to take back every positive thing I ever said about the University of Michigan football program. I said that all they needed was a quarterback. And their offense looked just as awful as it did last year. I said that this was, you know, going to be the year since it was Harbaugh's fourth year, has all his recruits, blah, blah, blah. They just looked terrible. And I realize it's just week one, but I just like, oh, I'm, I'm done with Michigan forever, forever. I'm never going to say another good thing about Michigan. They could win all their games the rest of the year, and I would be like, nope, they're overrated. <laughs> so definitely going to – that's my one that got away. It's overreaction week since we only have one week of uh, – of game game data to work with, but goodbye, Michigan. It was nice talking to you. I'm going to go with Florida State. I wasn't su- super high of them, on them. I wanted Clemson. I didn't want Clemson. You, you I picked, picked, Clemson. picked Clemson. So I therefore root for them because I picked them. That's, but what, I thought that's Florida what all reasonable, State, fan, reasonable analysts do. But I thought Florida State would be more competition for them and somehow, especially asked, I don't know if you saw the article with Will... It wasn't the report with Willie Taggart saying Virginia Tech players were faking injuries to slow him down. Actually, he there was some credence to that because I saw a video. Um, it was of the it was like showing the linemen. So the play's happening upfield, and the Virginia Tech linemen's kind of jogging upfield, and then it's like a, it's like a thirty or forty yard gain or whatever. He looks over to the sideline and then just goes down like untouched. So I mean, I think there might be something to that, honestly. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Florida State got got dominated, anyways. But yeah, that wasn't the difference in the game. Maybe in a close game. Another thing, I I realize I already said one, but 
one thing I would also like to say is it's Alabama's world and we're just going to be living in it this year because they've never had like a real dynamic quarterback because Jalen Hurts isn't a quarterback. He's like a fullback who will throw on occasion. But having Tua in there, it's it's game over. Just good night. We don't even need to play the rest of the season because that's like the one thing they never had. And they don't. They probably don't have a kicker because they, their kicking game is always terrible. But I watched Tua single handedly. Well, not single handedly, but I watched him eviscerate Louisville. And I realize Louisville is not a super high profile opponent at this point. But even just seeing an Alabama quarterback making like big plays on his own, it filled me with deep dread and despair. I actually watched the replay of the game today, and I, I agree with you. Tua made some crazy throws you don't see an Alabama quarterback making. An Alabama, literally never in history has an Alabama quarterback made these throws. And Jalen Hurts came in for a little bit, and then they didn't move the ball. And, yeah, they, I think Alabama scored on five of Tua's six possessions, and I think the sixth one, like, it was an interception that bounced off a receiver's hands or Yeah, there was, or like, there was like a that. fumble. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. Yeah. Any other thoughts or takeaways from this opening weekend besides what we've already shared? Anything you want to double down on? There's two things that I would like to double down on. First off, the Wisconsin Badgers making it to the college football playoff. I'm feeling more and more confident even after looking at the Big Ten East struggles. That was a rough week. Penn State Mm -hmm. nearly went down. Michigan State almost went down. Michigan doesn't have a football team anymore as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, it looks concerned. like Ohio State's really the only team in their way. Mm-hmm. And they played the worst team in the Pac-12, Oregon State. We'll see there. And then another Big Ten double down is Jim Harbaugh will never beat Ohio State as the Michigan head coach. See, I was on the – I opposed you on that view uh, last week, and now I, I'm, I'm your campaign manager for that platform. Here's another interesting fact for Jim Harbaugh. He's never made it past year four. He left Stanford at year four. He left San Francisco at year four, and he will leave Michigan. Well, he did leave Stanford four. under different circumstances, though. No, he accepted the. Yeah, that, well, that's job. what I'm saying. Like he was, but, he was yeah, coming. He was still, he was still successful at that point. Like he wasn't. He, if he wanted to be back, he could have been back. And he also has the same record as Brady Hoke at this point in his Michigan career. Ooh. They're both twenty-eight, and I think Brady Hoke was twenty-eight and thirteen. Harbaugh's twenty-eight and twelve. Yikes. That's not a great look for Harbaugh. So transitioning from college to the pros, since we have the NFL starting up. Finally, yes. Uh, Today with the, well, I guess you'll be hearing this today, Eagles and Falcons, and then obviously everyone else on the weekend. We're going to bring in our Southern California correspondents living in LA and reporting live from the City of Angels. Hey, so just real quick before we get into this season... I just want to bring up last season when Bill picked the Cowboys to for his one-year fan contract and nearly broke apart our friendship. Me and Tim were going to move to Super Bowl championship land, and you guys, or Bill and Kendall, were going to have to hang out in doesn't-win-playoff games land. And I remember Tim, the whole summer, Tim was saying, like, the Eagles could actually win the Super Bowl. And I was like, I mean, I like that. I'm an Eagles fan, but I don't know why you're so confident. And then it worked out. So I think I feel like Tim called it before literally anybody called it last year. So just want to give you props, Tim. Yeah, the, the part you're missing is Tim calling that one the last 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he was right this time. It was a little bit of a bias, but I said before the season that they're a lot like those old Giants teams that used to be the Patriots. So I was a little more specific on this one. There you go. This one, this one counted for more. And I'd have to yeah. say they are. They ended up being a lot better than those old Giants team. We were watching some film from those <laughs> Giants Super Bowl team yesterday, 
And they were really had so many plays go their way. I, Eli Manning has to be the worst multi Super Bowl winning quarterback in history. Without a doubt, without a doubt, they looked out big time on those. But I thought Bill's cowboy move was courageous, created a lot of controversy back in the day. I mean that that was uh, a that was a storyline for a while. <laughs> I it's unfortunate I they didn't re-sign for a long tenure. I couldn't even sleep that night. <laughs> yeah, I was so I upset. Jerry, you know, gonna, Jerry's gonna make me a better offer, but dude, freaking Sean McVay, bro! I just couldn't deny it. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry's cheap. He cuts Dan Bailey to save three million dollars. Hey, it's a it's a hard cap league. Yeah, Jerry wasn't putting up money on the table and. And uh, the Rams brought in some good pieces and, and re-signed uh, freaking what's his name? Wow, I think you're an avid fan. Donald, <laughs> Donald yeah. And, amazing. And, and every media outlet in the country just has a giant man crush on Sean McVay. So. Well, they were bagging on him all of last offseason. Then he kind of proved himself, so I'm fine with the man crush. I, that's It's okay. It's just they would always mention that he's a millennial. I was like, guess what? I don't care. And then, but then he had Grandpa Wade Phillips ushering him in, so it worked out. Wade Phillips is just a great football player. I, I watched this video of this uh, interview guy. This interviewer was asking McVay about specific plays from specific games. He's like, it was fourth and two. With three minutes left in the fourth quarter, or third quarter, you have the ball on the 21-yard line. What happened? And he's like, boom, just slinging him off. So Hey, well, LeBron remembers uh, the plays from his six-year-old rec league games, so I'm not that impressed. <laughs> but uh, we did that video. Was, oh, LeBron, he's smart. He's like, no, he's not. Well, I mean, he is, but not that. Like, it wasn't that impressive. Yeah. I thought it was it was overblown, just like anything that happens with LeBron. But I was just saying we got to start somewhere, so I figured we might as well start in the AFC West. I'm assuming you guys are both going to pick the, the NFC West. West. Good NFC grief. West. I'm a train wreck. NFC West. I'm assuming you're both picking the Rams to win that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Y- you're I mean, not solid everywhere, dude. You're not on the Jimmy G train. No, I think Jimmy G is a little overrated, to be honest. He only played five games. Sure, he was good, but I think he got that max contract. Um, I don't think it was worth that max contract he got or that huge contract he got. Like he was like the highest paid player for like two days or whatever before yeah. someone else topped it. Like has been happening. Well, the, here's my thing. I'm on the fence with Jimmy G. The 49ers were like the worst team in the league. Yeah, and no, then, no weapons. And then Garoppolo came and they won five straight games. The one yeah, that I don't think it's good enough to turn them around to beat the Rams or anything like that, though. Uh, I do think he's a little overrated. I, I could see them getting a wild card spot, though, without too much trouble. I think they, they're probably a year away. Being in the NFC West, it's really the 49ers and the Rams, and then no one, then the Seahawks are going to take a step back because their defense is gone. They have Russell Wilson. He was their leading rusher. And then injured Doug Baldwin. 500 yards. Um, <laughs> I will say with Russell Wilson, they'll still win eight games, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that's what I guessed them at is eight and eight. Just because Where did they go last year? It was somewhere in that neighborhood. Nine and seven nine last seven. year. Okay. Which was the first year they missed the playoffs since like Pete Carroll started there. That's impressive. Yeah, I'll say this too. The Eagles can never beat them. They played them twice in two years, and they get killed every time. Last, that last it's year was just that, was just... that was a tough game to watch, like... But that's what the Seahawks do. They just make the game ugly. They're like Michigan State in a way. Except Russell Wilson is way more dynamic than any Michigan State quarterback in the history of humanity. So. Well, let's just go to the NFC East then. I feel like this is going to be the most <laughs> This is the only division. 
only division worth talking about, right? Yes, this is the most important for sure. Well, Tim, for sure. you finally got your Super Bowl ring. Are, are you going to get one on the index finger now? <laughs> I do think the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. They are my Super Bowl pick. But I think with Carson Wentz out for the first month or two, I think Dallas could take the division. Do you? Really? I think Dallas is really underrated this year. Me too, but I, I, I look through it through a silver and blue colored lens. But I do think they're being slept on. And... I think the Eagles. Hold up, hold up. Isn't it refreshing to have the Cowboys be slept on, though? No, it's not because I can't stand the Eagles talk. It's fantastic because I've grown up like my entire life hearing that the Cowboys are the most talented team. Yeah, that is good. That's great. Um, I think Dak Prescott had one of those things where he just got way overrated. And when people realized he wasn't as good as they thought he was, he got way underrated. <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it, but I think that happens sometimes. I, I like what you just said. It's just the expectations got too high, and then he didn't meet them, so now the expectations will be way too low. So I thought I, it was well said. I think there was a level of transference from Dak Prescott to Deshaun Watson. All of the Dak hype just went to Deshaun Watson, and then they piled on top of that. But Deshaun, and now Deshaun Watson's a god Deshaun balled in the out. four games he played. He balled out, though. He did, he but... Really is. He put up, like, 500 yards and four touchdowns against the Seahawks. But everyone's saying he's going to change the game, and he's played five games. You know what? After he beat Alabama in the 2017 championship game, he can do no wrong in my book. So, I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm on like, the front seat of that hype train. DeAndre Hopkins bailed him out big time. Like, my respect for DeAndre Hopkins has gone through the roof. Because he's, he's, had a rough he's thrown it up big... Like, it's finally a guy, that, a quarterback that can get him the ball. I'll give Deshaun Watson that. But DeAndre Hopkins is crazy good. So, I feel like the Deshaun Watson is a little overrated. DeAndre Hopkins is underrated. All in all. we got to be careful. This is just going to turn into an overrated, underrated podcast. All in all, Dak he did go to is Clemson. being looked over. Straight cash. And I think... Just watching Dak not play in the preseason, how bad the Cowboys are without him, just in the one series without him with the starters. <laughs> Did Zeke play at all in the preseason? He played. They played or, like or, the first series of a couple or games. Or she's still appealing suspensions that are going to get unappealed and then reappealed. I think Zeke has a big year this year. I would assume so. I hope. I not, think he has a Todd. I think it's good they finally have him in full force again. Yeah. So. I mean, like, like what? When when they when Zeke was out last year and they forced Dak to throw, he got kind of exposed. So I think I think Dak's like a, like a solid enough passer, but he's not good enough to win games. So I think having Zeke there as a crutch, and then hopefully he's kind of can get the ball to his receivers. I I think the Cowboys can be dark horse for sure. Who, who's yeah. who's in the receiving core at this point? Because like Witten's gone, Dez is gone. Cole Beasley still sucks. Like who who do they have even left? No, Cole Beasley, Beasley is sick. You better you better be careful because I think Cole Beasley just trolls Twitter looking for anything that anything that anybody ever and I will defend him. him with my dying breath, Cole Beasley. <laughs> That's what I love about the Cowboys receiving core, though. It's a bunch of slot receivers just across the board, and I think okay. that plays totally to Dak's strengths. Is we're just gonna get the ball out fast and move the ball down the field, and then we'll have some deep shots because we'll be able to beat the guys off the line once they start pressing us. Because we literally have five guys that are faster than the cornerback. I just I, 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 think, I think outside of 
Dallas and Philadelphia, though, like, honestly, who knows what's going to happen with Washington. And honestly, New York, too, with Saquon and whatnot. Like, who knows Saquon. how big of an impact he could make. So NFC East was tough last year. It'll only be tougher this year. Yeah, I think the NFC East, like, top to bottom is one of the toughest divisions. So it'll be interesting to see because I don't think there's a shoe-in game like in any of their schedules because mm-hmm. they they go and play the AFC South and the AFC West. I think the I think Eli Manning's just going to get worse. That's why that's why I don't think the Giants are going to be good. I bet they're four or five games just because Eli Manning was already getting worse last year. So <laughs> that is true. That is pretty much that is a good point. He also didn't have any weapons. Take his it, I don't want to defend Eli Manning. <laughs> But he does have a lot more weapons and an offensive line this year. So I do think they make an improvement, but... Let's put it this way. I'll his, put him at 500. De- his decline will be less marked because he has more weapons. Than exactly. Like, they have a lot of talent around him. They should have drafted a quarterback. Oh, they should have gotten Darnold for sure. Darnold. I agree. Any other conflicting divisions or... Aaron Rodgers back in the NFC North. I think it's being overblown that he's back... You just hate the Packers, though. I do hate the Packers very much. I still have them winning the division, but I think the Vikings are good. I think the Bears are going to be this year's Jacksonville and take a huge step up. No. No? No, no. Come on. Hold up, Bill. Bill, You're kidding me. Bill, I don't know if you heard. This hasn't hasn't really been big news, but Khalil Mack actually got traded to the Bears. (laughs) No one's talking about it, but it might be the move of the offseason. I think I think we got word around that word of that around here. I, bu- I, I bumped into Adam. <laughs> I bumped into Adam Schefter the other day, and we were just chatting about it. Dude, I the, the thing is with the Bears, that Mitchell Trubisky's your starting quarterback, guaranteed below five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's I think that's why he was talking about the Jaguars because they won like what was it ten or eleven games or twelve games or whatever with Bortles as their quarterback, so. It can oh, be done. Bortles is better than Trubisky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bortles, Bortles in like his third year in the NFL through 35 touchdowns. Trubisky can't It's because that. they were down 50 to 10. They threw the ball a ton. But against second, probably against here's, second, my defense, second here's my defense of the Bears, though. They also got a receiving core. They got Allen Robinson, who Blake Bortles used to throw all the touchdowns to. I, he's a number one receiver. They have Cameron Meredith, and they have a running back in Jordan Howard, and a solid offensive and defensive line. And then they just add Khalil Mack to that. So I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they make the most improvement out of any team. Bold. Yeah, I think winning seven... Seven, eight games, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think they're in the hunt, in the playoff hunt, like week fourteen. They don't make it, but they have. They're in the conversation. I'd be willing to put money on the Bears finishing last in the division. <laughs> really? <laughs> the Lions. Lions? See, Lions. I think the Lions are gonna. The Lions had like the same team as last year, right? Like they didn't do anything. Yeah, the Lions. Well, they have Matt Patricia now. I don't know if that does anything. <laughs> Matt Stafford. I'll never bet against Matt Stafford in the fourth quarter. But I, defensively, I don't know how good the Lions are. Having having Patricia there should help their defense. I don't really know. I, I couldn't really tell you. No, it just means it just means they'll have more camera more camera time there. on the sideline. <laughs> that's all. That's that's the Matt Patricia effect. You just get Matt more cameras Patricia on your sideline. Does side dominate the television screen. He just has that. Like when you watch a Patriots game, it's sixty percent football and forty percent Matt Patricia. <laughs> but since since we mentioned uh, Bortles, does anyone here think the Jags are going to take a Significant step back, or are they going to be about the same? Oh, they'll take a huge step 
Thank you. Okay, I thought I was going to be the only one. I do think oh, the Jazz, uh, the Jags take a big step back, but looking at their ending schedule, they play from week 10 on, they play at Indiana, then Pitt, Buffalo, Indiana again, Tennessee, Washington, Miami, and Houston. Like, that's a relatively weak schedule. They could win all of those. Exactly. That's that's why I think they win the division again. I Just because they have a good chance. They don't have a NFC East-type schedule. That's fair. No, the, the thing is with the Jaguars is that Jalen Ramsey is going to single-handedly trash talk them to the top of the division. <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause that's the thing is that they're all, Jalen Ramsey has the biggest target on his back probably in football history because I don't think there's a single player that he hasn't said something about. I think he started every, talking every about me, but then he realized no one cared. So. Jalen Ramsey. Every quarterback terrified of him, dude. He's going he's gonna to lead the league in interceptions. If they're terrified of him, they're not going to throw at him. Up, and that's, and that's AJ Boy, we'll just gets them enough points on the board on offense, and then the magic happens on defense. So I, you know, I think they take the division. A lot of Houston could be a dark horse. A lot of seventeen ten games. Yeah. They, yeah. Exactly. It's if Bortles will be able to make enough throws when they load the box with like ten of the eleven <laughs> players for Fournette. Huh. The only thing that Blake Bortles doesn't have going for him is his name. He doesn't have a winning quarterback. It's a terrible name. It's the biggest thing. One of my biggest regrets in life is I had that take like four years ago, like when he was still in college, and I just never did anything about it, and then someone someone else came up with it. So So here's a question. (laughs) Would you rather have Eli Manning or Blake Bortles? Blake Bortles. Blake, yeah. Bortles can run. Okay, because that was a rumor last year was, will Eli Manning get traded to the Jags? I think that was just the rumor machine just because people wanted to see because it looked like it was going to be like the Jags and the Patriots and the AFC. So they were just saying that because they wanted to see Eli beat the Patriots again. That's fair. I would take Blake Bortles too. Oh, but I, that, yeah. So that was a, a tough question that wasn't that tough, I guess. <laughs> Moving on. All I, know, all I know is that the, the last note on the Jaguars is they were literally as close as you can possibly get to getting a Super Bowl appearance without getting there. And so, dude, and, and people forget that, man. They were tough. So, that's all I got to say about that. They I mean, they would have beat the Eagles. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have scored a single point unless they got, like, a pick six or something. Nick Foles <laughs> had the greatest run of a backup quarterback ever and got the Eagles a championship. But I... I think that's where the Eagles really struggle is until Wentz comes back. All they, all they got to do is just like go 500 until he gets back, I feel like. That's true. That, that is true. I, what do the Eagles start off with, though? They play Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Indiana. Oh, they have a pretty easy beginning. They play Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Indianapolis at Tennessee. That's their first four weeks. They could come out at like 3-1. Yeah, they could. Yeah, I bet, I bet Philadelphia goes 2-2 two two those first four weeks. Probably loses to Indiana and... Uh, I think they'll lose. I think they'll lose to the Falcons tomorrow because the Falcons are going to be pissed that they didn't win last year. Because if you really think about it, I was watch like I rewatched this game the other day, and that knee deflection turned into a field goal at the end of the the first half. Without that, like the Falcons would probably win that game. Yeah. So, and if you notice at the very end, 
you know, the very last play when it was fourth and fourth and goal and they passed to Julio Jones. Uh-huh. Jalen Mills like tackled Julio Jones and they didn't call anything. That could have gone either way. Nah, no, no, no. I'm gonna give you the Homer, the Homer thing. Um, Julio Jones slipped and Jalen Mills just helped him to the turf. That's all that happened. That's that's why they didn't call. It. Yeah, I'll, go with, I'll go with that as well. <laughs> that's the official story. I think the NFC South is another intriguing division with Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, and then there's Tampa Bay, who's a train wreck at this moment. But there's really three <laughs> playoff teams in the NFC South. That's going to be fun to watch, too, is the NFC South versus the NFC East, which I feel are the two best divisions in football. So what you're saying Facing is off the Eagles are going to beat the Saints in the NFC Championship game? Is that what I'm getting? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But that's what's going to happen, so you can you can join Destiny now or later. Will Father Time ever pick up with Drew Brees? Or will, I think he's like 1,500 yards away from breaking the all-time passing record. Who has that record? Is it Manning? Brett Favre. Oh, have you guys seen that the uh, the copper sleeve ad with, uh, with Brett Favre and, and uh, Jerry Rice? Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite commercial I've ever seen. Basically, <laughs> it, it condones bullying because at the end, uh, Brett Favre was like, do you think it was fair after their team, you know, beat the crap out of the, the other guys? And then he goes, well, it sure was fun. So basically they're saying like, ah, stack the deck and win. It doesn't matter. Well, warrior, Warriors approach. Warriors. <laughs> I hate the Warriors. I just, I, I love... talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's too early to get depressed about the, what the NBA has become. <laughs> Any other pressing divisions, or do you want to move on to just everyone's Super Bowl picks? One that I think can determine a division is what Le'Veon Bell's up to. True. Le'Veon Bell won't make uh, it through the season because his offensive line is just not going to block for him. Did you? Has, has anybody seen like what they were saying about him? Oh yeah, they were totally calling him out. Yeah. Yep, it's it's gonna be like uh, they're gonna be like the one evil white guy on uh, Remember the Titans and just not block for him. <laughs> and Vontez Perfect is just gonna blow his knee out again, and that will be that. And that is why I have the Bengals winning the division. That's a great <laughs> lead-in. No one's talking about the Bengals, Has anyone... and that is when the Bengals strike. <laughs> oh man! Because the Bengals over Baltimore too. I think Baltimore, I don't know, I feel like that division's a bunch of mediocre teams and just one will get through it. I can see Joe Flacco going off because it's a motivation year for Joe Flacco. I don't think Joe Flacco's capable of going off anymore, honestly. Well, the one year he went off is when Joe Flacco goes off when Joe Flacco needs to go off. (laughs) So let's see, he only brings out the big guns when when he needs it. I think they should just put Lamar Jackson in and then just run like a college-style read option, triple option, whatever. Like, what do they have to lose, honestly? He'll be out by week two and his career will be over by the end of the year. A la RG3. Although RG3's back, right? And He's, he's on the Ravens that's, too, isn't he? That's the sad thing. Lamar Jackson... I don't know if anyone saw Lamar Jackson play in the preseason, but he somehow is ahead on the depth chart from RG3. They can Lam- just, Lamar Jackson's the backup, no, they and can, RG3's the third, so... They can just run... They can just, like, go back and forth between those two guys. That way, no one guy takes too much stress, and that's how they, that's how they score points. I think RG3 is no longer capable <laughs> of leaving the pocket without <laughs> dying. That's that's reasonable. <laughs> so, so, are you saying this is the end of the, like, the Steelers' little... You can't call it a dynasty, but their dominance over that division... I do think it's on the decline. Their, their days of being 
the second best team in the AFC are over or yeah, almost over? Yeah, of everyone picking them because they don't want to pick the Patriots are over. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm glad about Le'Veon because uh, Tim's brother, Ozzy, drafted him, and I'm playing him week one, and he's got the exact <laughs> team. So. Oh, well, he's, he's, he's screwed then if he has Le'Veon. Yeah, I think that's yeah. who... So it's it's like a guarantee he's not playing in the in the first game, right? No, he might if he shows up tomorrow he might play. Oh, okay. That's when he showed up last year was Basically, but he only played like ten stamps. He's protesting like getting the franchise tag or whatever, right? Or yeah, what's, so what's he's beef? getting he's getting paid like fourteen million this year. Cause he got franchise tag for a second time. Okay. So he's Still want the top, pay, but he wants to be the highest paid running back of all time, pretty much. And he wants a long term deal. Seems. I'm going to have to side the Steelers on this one. And the Steelers have a history of never paying anyone, so I think Le'Veon will be in a hot take 49ers uniform. Ooh. Good take. If they have money to spend, <laughs> I think Le'Veon, I think that's a great fit with Kyle Shanahan. That would be fun to watch. That would be, that'd be impressive. Good. I think for the most, like back in the day, running backs, it didn't really matter how good they were. You just need someone big and athletic. But Le'Veon can catch, he can run, he can do a lot of different things. I think in his top level is the best in the NFL. I think he's better than Gurley. Yeah, Gurley's best day versus Le'Veon's best day is you you give it to Le'Veon just because he's so versatile. So in the AFC, who do you guys have winning the AFC? I'm gonna. I'm going to go with the Chargers, mostly because I moved out here. I'm not going to want to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think Philip Rivers is really good, and people don't talk about him enough. He's been good for so long. And then they have that good defense with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and Melvin Gordon also on the offense, and they have really good receivers. I think the Chargers are going to win the AFC. I like it. What's well, that division with with Khalil Mack being gone? Like, who who is our competition in that division? It's the Broncos. Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so the, the Chargers are definitely winning <laughs> yeah. the, the AFC West. Yeah. That... So you got you got an Eagles Chargers Super Bowl then? That's that's right. I'm taking Eagles over Chargers in the Super Bowl. Right, I don't like right. that. Bill, what about you? Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, Patriots. Always a solid pick. Insane. <laughs> Never a bad idea. Just, just because you know you have to learn from history, right? I mean, you can choose another team to beat, beat out the Patriots in the AFC, but it's just not going to happen at the end of the day. So Brady, Brady's still got a little bit of life left in him. I think a lot of the problems with the Patriots are being stayed on the offensive side, but their defense has gotten a lot better to, from last we'll year. Say that was their. And then you have the Tom Brady on offense, so really they're going to be. I think they'll be fine as well. The Patriots. Yeah, been... not, not only that, but like the, I don't know. There's like really no one else that stands out. Like if if the Steelers could pull their heads out and secure Le'Veon, and they could be they could be good. I think Jacksonville will still be good. I do think the Chargers will be good, but no one stands out as much as the Patriots. Yeah, and then who do you have coming out of the NFC? I guess this is pretty oh, obvious. Come on, dude. <laughs> your your recently got, got committed the team. The got Rams. the Rams coming out of the NFC to take it all. I mean, they're, they're, they're solid at every position. Goff's a rock star. Gurley's a rock star. Um, they had a good offseason. Securing Cooks and 
believe, and Sue. They, pick, and, they picked up uh, a corner mean, from from Kansas City. What's his name? Peters. Marcus Peters. There we go. Thank yeah, you. Marcus Peters. Yeah, they they definitely have the most talent out of any team in the NFL right now. And I, I think they're well put together as well. I mean, like last year, like they played well all season and kind of just crumbled at the end. They should have beat the uh, Falcons, they, honestly. More talent. They're a little bit more developed, a little more refined now. And I mean, NFC is tough, but I, I, I like them, dude. I like them. It will be interesting to see what happens like, in the next few years if the Rams are able to keep all, all of those pieces together. Yeah. They may be in a salary nightmare. So if they I can sustain it, that because Goff's only yeah. going to get better. Gurley's just entering his prime. Just about the Rams, I, I, don't, I don't think that defense will come together as fast as most people would like. Um, they got a lot of attitude on them. <laughs> That's true. Sue has never like won wherever he's gone. He he probably was the most talented D lineman there for a stretch in the league. Detroit made it to the playoffs once, and that those Detroit teams are pretty good with those are Calvin teams Johnson more. I can't and Matthew Stafford. And then Miami, they had a lot of talent on that defense, and it never came together either. I think that could be a problem as well. Yeah, I do too. So I, I actually agree with you, Tim, with the Chargers. I have the Chargers coming out of the AFC for pretty much all the same reasons you did. I love Keenan Allen. They they have a great receiving core all around. Phillip Rivers is underrated. He's always I think he he's always been top three in passing touchdowns for the last like five years. So I think the Chargers is a great pick. And then in the NFC He's gonna say the Cowboys. I wish. <laughs> I wanna say the Cowboys so bad, but I think the Rams are really good, but I'm going to go with the Falcons. They have an easy schedule going into the playoffs most of the season, so they're going to have home field the entire playoffs, and then the Super Bowl is in Atlanta. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so I think Atlanta beats L.A. in the championship and redeems themselves of the 20-3 debacle. <laughs> Dude, I like it because... No team, no team's gonna play with as much of an edge and as much of a chip as on their shoulder as the Falcons. That's one of my main reasons. Is you just gotta find your edge, and that's kind of what carries the team through for the season. They have to reinvent themselves each year, and that's why I really like the NFL is because of the parity of it. Fair enough. That's kind of what Philadelphia did last year. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Ben, what do you have? Uh, I'll just go with the Eagles beating the Patriots again in a Super Bowl rematch because that just sounds like fun and I really do think the Eagles are going to come out of the the NFC and you talked about the edge but the thing is like the city of Philadelphia just has this constant underdog complex so I feel like it's not gonna be hard for them to find an edge you know they might not be the top seed going to the playoffs like they were last year but then they're just gonna use that as ammunition be like oh nobody believes in us even though I'm sure plenty of people will they're gonna make themselves believe that nobody believes in them if, if that makes any sense and yeah. then I'm with Bill, and that the Patriots, like, just don't bet against the Patriots in the AFC. If I have to live through another rematch <laughs> of the Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers, Patriots, Eagles, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama I don't. <laughs> I want oh. something different. It's like we're living in the time is a flat circle, <laughs> and we're just reliving the time, same years. Hey, time over is and a flat circle. Again. The Earth is flat. Just get on board the flat train. Well, it's like I say, it's... I also think that I also think that Utah Jazz is going to be pretty good this year. <laughs> I totally agree, but that's a conversation for another day. 
We don't have the funding to cover all sports programs at the moment. We just focus on the one at a time until. Whatever's hot. Just a hot take. Just a hot take for Jasmine the championship this year. You heard it here first. Wow. Wow. I mean, I guess all all it would take would be an injury to uh, either Curry or Durant, and the door's wide open. So. Well, as always, guys, it's good to catch up with you, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. So shifting gears to some NBA news, we talked—I mean, we talked contracts a little bit with uh, with Khalil Mack and, and Le'Veon Bell, but three of the worst contracts, in my opinion, well, in almost everybody's opinion, in the NBA, all got moved this summer, which I thought was interesting. We had Luol Deng just got bought out by the Lakers. Finally, free Luol. Look out, Tibbs is coming for you. Um, we had Melo getting traded. Well, traded and then bought out in one of the stupidest moves I've ever seen by the Hawks. And then we had another great Albatross contract in Ryan Anderson getting traded from the Rockets to the Suns. If you were the Suns, how would you possibly justify this? I mean, I can't. So going over the details of the trade, it was uh, Ryan Anderson and his like, he's got like, what, two years and almost 40 million left. Yes. Him and um, Anthony Melton. Anthony 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 Melton, Melton, who's, I mean... He's How a many, fine player. He's nothing to get excited about, though. But compared to what they gave exactly. up. Exactly. In return, the Suns gave up. Brandon Knight, who, I mean, he's kind of a punchline at this point because he's been dunked on so many times and he's had, you know, knee issues. But he's still a serviceable player, I feel like. And then Marquise Chris, who they just took eighth in the draft, like, what, two years ago? Yeah, I think 2016 draft. I mean, the whole point of a trade is to get better in one way or another, either to get assets or to get a better player or cap space, whatever, and the Suns got none of the above. They lost cap space in taking on Ryan Anderson, and then they lost the better players in the trade. So I feel like a monkey with a typewriter is more competent at this point than the Suns man, uh, Suns management, right? Yeah, really, they're just playing for, what, 2020 free agency? and Because that's when it'll be off the book. Until then, they're just throwing money yeah, it's just, at Ryan Anderson. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. They just give up assets. And they drafted Marquise Chris knowing that he'd be a project. Mm-hmm. My, the only thing I can think of that would even sort of justify this is if Mar- Marquise Chris had like several infectious diseases that they didn't want to get out. Or that exactly. He was, just, he was just a, you know, he was bringing guns to the locker room a la Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenden. I mean... It just doesn't make any sense otherwise. I, I, I'm flummoxed. Yeah, because he, he was one of the bright spots they had going forward, if you're the Suns. And that's the thing so, is the, the Suns have, like, they have some interesting pieces, obviously, with Booker and Josh Jackson and uh, Aiton they just drafted. So it's just basically you're just, you're literally just throwing away two years, which isn't a terrible idea when you're a bad team, but just a question, questionable move financially, if nothing else. And another questionable move is... On the flip side, what Houston did with Carmelo Anthony. Houston basically just fleeced everyone this this offseason. Yeah, they, the the Melo thing happened a while back when we were on our we were on our corporate retreat in the Bahamas, so we didn't you know, we didn't really cover that. But just going back to that too, like the Hawks I mean, I realize, you know, Schroeder uh, wanted out of there, right? Yeah. They wanted to get rid of him, but they basically paid twenty eight million dollars and lost um, it was Muscala, right? Yeah, Mike so they lost like a rotation guy and twenty million dollars just to get rid of a player they didn't really want. Like they they could have found a better situation than that for sure. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get these one sided trades. I mean, you look at Khalil Mack, 
in the NFL, the, what Phoenix did, well, I, what Atlanta on, did. With, just touching on Khalil Mack real fast, I heard there were like communication issues or something there. Like those two sides just couldn't get together. Yeah, I think John they went Gruden through. They probably like went through the. Him. I bet they went through the Jazz PR. That was the problem. Oh, speaking of which, so I think all Jazz PR slander aside, wasn't one of the big issues with Khalil Mack was he just wanted more money than the Raiders were willing to give him. Well, the Raiders were financially tied because they had shelled they out to like Derek Carr and yeah. then John Gruden, so they had nothing they could really do. And that John situation, was, John Gruden's a fool, so that was that's looking really good in hindsight. Yeah, what if he got fired having a ten-year contract? Oh my goodness! Supposed to issue like issue the team into Las Vegas, and he's you know what that this you know what sucks for Raiders fans, the ones that aren't in prison. So Raiders fans, I feel really bad for for Raiders fans because the team was really bad for a while, and then you know they made the playoffs the year Derek Carr got hurt, which was you know was a bummer, and it looked like they were going to kind of be a team on the rise, right? I feel like they just kind of gave the farm away, and they're going to be terrible for the next. 10 years because they have all that money in Gruden who I don't think is going to work out. I mean, Derek Carr had better be fabulous for all that money. It's like, they just got this little glimmer of hope, one playoff season, and then boom, back to the, back to the doormat status. Which is unfortunate because I really do like Derek Carr. I think I, he's I, a really good quarterback. I also like Derek Carr. Plus he just seems like a cool guy. He, he wins cool guy points with me. Yeah. I think their worth. offense is pretty good. They have Donald Penn, who's one of the top offensive linemen in the league, along with Amari Cooper. They got Jordy Nelson. I think he's a, it's a good ad. low-key sleeper. Good ad. But defensively, they're just obliterated. They're not going to be able to stop a single. Like, Blake Bortles is going to line them up for 350 and four touchdowns. The Raiders are going to be like, so this is what it's come to. Yeah. We're, we're losing games 40-30 to 30 to the to the Jags. Which is unfortunate. Oh, so speaking of contracts, I just, in my, my trolls through the Twitter my surfing through the Twitter world, I should say. I saw Reggie Wayne tweeted, short, I think this was shortly after the, it was either the Khalil Mack contract or, or someone else, one of these big contracts. He said, these teams giving players millions like it's M&M's. Damn, mama, had me too early. Which I thought was <laughs> hilarious, because I'm sure back at the point, at that time, he was making tons of money. And in the future, you know, the Khalil Macks of now are going to be saying, oh, these players are making so much money because obviously the contracts are just going to keep getting bigger. I mean, like, when is enough enough with money, honestly? I would like to find out. Preaching to the choir here. So moving on, let's go to this week's depth chart where you decide if you want to start, backup, or bench warmer. There it is. These headlines. Let me have it. So I have five different headlines here, all football-related. Okay. So with the Le'Veon Bell fiasco that's going on, would you say Le'Veon sits out four starts, four games or more? Um, I I feel like he'd be back before then because after one or two games, it just I don't know. Maybe could he, would it be possible to sit out an entire season? Would he really do that? He can't. Yeah, he just wouldn't get paid. I would he? Uh, I can't imagine doing that. I'm gonna go. Let's see what. It's because he hasn't signed his franchise tag mm-hmm. yet, so he could and technically he can't, he can't sit out. He can't play until he signs that, right? Yeah, he can't play. Well, he just wouldn't get paid to play. So, so he could pay for he could play for free. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna happen. So technically, right now he's a free agent until he signs that, but no other team can sign him oh, okay. for a year. Um, I mean, he's made it this far. We're two. We're like three days away from the Steelers opener. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and say. Say backup because I'm not 100% sure, but it's also not the most unlikely thing ever. 
And actually, I'm going to throw a wild card in here. Hockey. <laughs> What's that? The NHL is saying keg stands will probably be banned for the Stanley Cup. Oh, I did see something about that. Sorry. What are your thoughts? Are you, if you're starting it, you are pro the ban. If you want to bench warm it, you're pro keg stand. Oh, bench warm the crap out of that thing. Are you kidding me? Well, the the crazier the celebration, the better. That's all like. Well, their issue with it is. I mean, unless it's going to breaking the Stanley Cup. If there's a problem with the structural integrity of the cup, then then yeah, go ahead and start that. But. If they're just trying to put a damper on Alexander Ovechkin's fun, I'm I'm not here for that. I found all these yeah, fun yeah. things. It's kept by like one guy. Uh huh. The keeper of the cup or whatever. Yeah, and sounds like something from Harry Potter. And he like fixes up all the dings, uh-huh. cleans it. I'd hope he clean it. <laughs> if not, it's just a it's a giant bowl of disease. They were talking about how there was all these dings and. If like a they were doing a keg stand and like, the player like they dropped the player on it and just ruined the Stanley <laughs> Cup, could you imagine? That would be like all the bad. history that comes with that. I think that is one of the greatest <laughs> sports trophies. Period is the Stanley Cup just because I'm still a fan of the Crystal Football, but it is a good trophy. Here's the thing: I, I don't know if you know this. We could probably look it up. Is it the original Stanley Cup? Like, has there only been one Stanley Cup? Or... I believe so. Because they engrave like every player who wins, they engrave their name on it, right? Yeah. So, so eventually they're going to run they're out They're going to run out. I'm wondering if they haven't already run out because hockey's been around a, a hot minute. So Yeah, so that's what I was thinking is they add like another stand underneath it. I don't so know what... eventually it's going to be like 40 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> that would then, be a dope trophy. Because I think that would be a lot cooler than like retiring one cup and then having another cup. I'd rather just but eventually build on top of eventually it. Eventually it's just going to get so big. It's going to be like an 18-story wedding cake. Well, that sounds like a, a 2100 problem. That's true. Let's let the next generation exactly go with that. screw them. It'll be a hologram by then. Yeah, I think there you go. So we're not worried about that. All right, I'll go with starter then because we do need to preserve that trophy until it becomes a hologram, and then they can do whatever the freak they want with it. Okay. All right, back to football. We'll go college football this time. Both of the, both of us are pro. They shouldn't put out the first standings until like October. Mm-hmm. But I'll say a currently unranked team makes the college football playoff. Every year since the college football playoff has started, a team that didn't start in the preseason top 25 has made the playoff. Okay, my my locks for the playoff, which have changed, obviously. And keep in mind, I was wrong about everything, so these hold zero water. But we can say I feel like we can say Bama is a lock for the playoff, so there's one spot. Okay. Uh, Clemson being a lock for the playoff as well. That's two. Either Wisconsin or Ohio State. One of those two. I'd probably be partial to Ohio State at this point. That's three. So that does leave one spot up for grabs, I feel like. It could be another SEC team a la Georgia or maybe the loser of the Big Ten championship game. But I'll go I'll go starter. I can't think of who it would be. Who but who do who do you think could do it that's not ranked right now? You're gonna say Utah and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna stand for that. But I wasn't gonna say Utah, but I was gonna say a Pac twelve school that's currently unranked that runs the table. Like who? Utah. <laughs> but that's more my heart. I think also you could look at a Big 12 school that's unranked. Who knows? Maybe they get hot, make that happen. And then there's always injuries mm-hmm. that we could also look at. Like group Clem- of five school. Clemson could even be like a group, group two of six injuries away from falling out. Or Ohio yeah. State. Or AC- if Clemson goes down, imagine the ACC battle. Oh, and if Clemson doesn't make the playoff, nobody from the ACC is making the playoff. Yeah. 
Well, Miami's out because they have one loss. Florida State's out because they have one loss, and then yeah. there's no one else ranked in the ACC. Virginia, so Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, but they're they're ranked. But they are so. ranked. So, so yeah, let's go starter on that. I like that. As a you brought your A game on that one. Another college one. Speaking of Clemson, Clemson's toughest game for the rest of the season is is this week at Texas A and M. So you're saying Texas A and M being their toughest game the rest of the way. Nah, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Florida State's still gonna be their toughest game because they they play at Florida State. Florida State's defense played really well um, against Clemson, so or excuse me, against Virginia Tech. So I'll say Florida State. I'll go bench warmer, and say Florida State's gonna be their toughest game. Okay. Then the last but not the least, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest loser of the Khalil Mack trade. Just because he's gonna have to play him, and he's he gonna have to play him twice. Yeah, he has to play him opening weekend now after turning off another injury. Ooh. He's already had a collarbone injury. Not the greatest offensive line at all, and now he has to face Khalil Mack two times a year. Dang, you, you deserve a raise. We both do. We should bring that up with management. <laughs> um, I'm going to start that one. I like that a lot because it sucks for all the quarterbacks in the in the NFC North, but especially for him since he, I mean, he just lost one of his favorite receivers too with the uh, – Jordy, that's gonna be that's gonna be ugly for them because yeah. they can't afford another injury. And there. then they also he also has to face the Vikings defense. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no slouch defenses there in the north. But, but is the Lions defense any good? I know I know we touched on this, but it was they so have, long ago I forgot. I'll give a Cougar. They have Ziggy Ansah, who's a good defensive end. But uh, besides that, I wouldn't say their defense is anything to write home about. Who, if it wasn't now that I think about it, if the biggest loser of that trade wasn't. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's everybody who cares about the Raiders. So it's one of those two groups. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I got for this week's depth chart. We'll try again next year, better next time. No, this was this was a really good one. And last but, week's was good too. You're just you're just too hard on yourself. But speaking of doing better, we have to make we, some picks. Let's make some picks and try to <laughs> redeem ourselves. We probably shouldn't be making picks, but shoot yeah, or we, shoot. As as you've seen, we are totally unqualified to to make picks. Okay. We are the Jazz PR staff of making picks, apparently. <laughs> So, first one we got is we got USC at Stanford. Bryce Love struggled against San Diego State. He had like 13 carries for 29 yards or something terrible like that. That was about a receiver that had a huge game, like eight receptions, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm going to go with Stanford because it'll be JT Daniels' first real test. That defense is the real deal. The Cardinal defense is the real deal. I'll always believe in Bryce Love at home. Okay. What say ye? I'm also going to go with Stanford just because I feel like they can control the ball, keep it away from, from USC. And like you said, it being JT Daniels' first real test, they didn't look very good against UNLV at all. They, did, like, they didn't pull away until the fourth quarter. And so if, they, if Stanford, you know, with Bryce Love, controls the ball, controls the time of possession, and he has to spend a lot of time on the sideline, it's going to be really hard for him to come after that defense. So I will also go with Stanford. All right, next game, Georgia at South Carolina. Who do you got? I'm going to pick the Gamecocks. I, I considered this being the trap game before the season started. In Columbia, the Gamecocks will be tough. I, don't, I think Georgia's lost a lot of pieces. I don't think. Georgia has lost <laughs> a lot of pieces on the defensive side of the ball. They do have Jake Fromm. But don't have Nick Chubb. I think it's a emotion game for South Carolina looking to prove themselves and establish themselves. 
and I think they squeak out a win against the Bulldogs. All right. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say Georgia beats the tar out of South Carolina. Never had any respect for the South Carolina program, and I don't like Steve Spurrier either. I realize that Steve Spurrier is no longer at South Carolina, but his his overrated shadow still hangs over the program. Just not a Spurrier guy at all. And like I say, I've... I've, I was high on Fromm last week, and I or yeah, last week, still high on Fromm. So I think they'll be able to move the ball just fine. Running back is the most replaceable position in, in uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in college football. Georgia did lose a lot of pieces on defense, but they recruit well. They'll be able to plug them. So I'm going with Georgia easy. So next we have Colorado at Nebraska. And real quick, before we make any picks on this, so they had the they had the like a Sunday a Sunday game, um, Nebraska against. Whoever. Akron. Akron, there we go. And all the like, you know, ESPN's social media accounts and a lot of the, the sports social media was, or Twitter, I should say, was talking about the the walk-in for Nebraska and how dope it was. And I was like, oh, well, you know, Nebraska usually has a good crowd. I'll watch this. It should be cool. It was just an electric uh, music festival in a hallway with football players. I was not at all impressed. I was like, well, this is stupid. Because it was just flashing lights in a whole bunch of different colors, a little bit of smoke, and everyone just walking around. And I thought, I can't believe I just wasted a minute and a half of my life on this. So having said that, who are you going to pick? I'm torn. Because I watched the Colorado-Colorado State game. I think it was more had to do with Colorado State being really bad than Colorado looking good. And I'm a Scott Frost man. I think he's going to resurrect the Nebraska program. So I will have to go with the Cornhuskers. Going to agree with you on that one because I also love Scott Frost. Um, I am worried that that could be like one of those kind of emotion things where they just say, oh, well, he's a Nebraska guy, so he'll resurrect the program. We've seen how that worked for Harbaugh in Michigan. So something to be wary of there. I do think Scott Frost is more... I think Scott Frost is more proven than Jim Harbaugh. Definitely. I'm just saying I kind of see the, the parallels. But I'll also go with Nebraska, mostly just because it's a home and because Colorado's always been a doormat for the last decade. They did have, you know, that one good season, I think, two years ago. Yeah. I think they're headed back down to the bottom. Offensively, they're, they have a lot of weapons. Defense, it's rough. I think it's a shootout. And then our last, uh, what do you want to call it? Our last normal pick, we have Mississippi State at Kansas State. What do you think? I am very high on the Bulldogs. You are. Nick you could say you are bullish on the Bulldogs. Very much so, <laughs> and especially with Auburn looking a lot better, and I picked them to beat Auburn and finish behind Bama and the SEC West. I need them to win this game. So go Nick Fitzgerald and Mississippi State. Upsetting Bill Snyder, which hurts me because I love Bill Snyder I, too. I was gonna lead in with I love Bill Snyder. I feel like from a consistency standpoint, K State has actually a. I it can't say impressive because 58 win seasons in a row isn't super impressive. But at the same time, you can always pencil them in for like 8-4, and 9-3 and three seasons. So strictly out of respect for Bill Snyder and the Bill Snyder Family Stadium, isn't that what they call it now? Yeah. Um, which I, I get a kick out of. Uh, and it being in K-State, I'm going to go with the upset and pick K-State. Even after K-State... Beat South Dakota 27-24. I'm aware. The Dakotas are a formidable FCS region, so that's... Fair enough. <laughs> Even though it's usually the North ones, but... Wensylvania. And yeah. then we got our upset pick that this doesn't count our against our, our record. 
uh, I've heard it both ways. This is just two points. It's worth two wins, but if you don't get it right, you don't lose anything. So what's yours? I'm going to go with Buffalo travels to Philadelphia and upsets Temple. How much of an upset? I mean, I know it gets like spread-wise it's an upset, but that's what we do. We go against the spread, so. Well, Temple is a... It's a solid program. Temple always is kind of, I feel like Temple's the Iowa of the East Coast. You never want to go there and play. I like that. I like that a lot. But, but don't, they, don't they play at the, the Eagles' place? I believe so. A lot of good vibes there. But they did lose to Villanova 17-19 to last week. Ooh, not so great after the, all, maybe. Rebuilding the program. Buffalo looks solid against Delaware State. I think they, they thrashed them. I can't remember. It was like 48-10 to 10 or something like that. And the Bison are going to go in there. They're the Bulls. Bulls, Bison. It is the Bulls. Take it. <laughs> The Bulls are gonna go in there I just, I and remember, stomp on the Owls. <laughs> I just remember back in like in high school, you, I talked about Buffalo for some random reason. You're like, I hate Buffalo, and I was like, Why? And you said because they're called the Buffalo Buffaloes. <laughs> I was like, No, they're not. They're the Bulls. So I've always remembered that. Isn't that where Khalil Mack went to school? Buffalo. Pretty sure it is. Sounds right. All right. But anyways, <laughs> all right for my trap game, I'm gonna go with Air Force over. Uh, where the freak is Lane Kiffin? Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. I wanted to say Florida International, but I knew that wasn't right. Anyways, playing against the triple option, especially this early in the season, I feel like it's going to be hard to prepare for that. Yeah, they got smoked by Oklahoma, which was to be expected, honestly, although I did think they would put up a slightly better fight. So based on the fact that they didn't really put up any resistance, they made Kyler Murray look like a Heisman candidate in his first game. Kyler Murray... Sorry, I hate to interrupt you here, but did you know Kyler Murray only makes... Like 0.2 million less than Lincoln Riley right now, since he was drafted ninth overall by the, by the A's, A's. Right. So he makes he, and he just signed a signing bonus of like 7.8 million. I'm sure the NCAA is going to want a piece of that somehow. It's baseball; you can't touch it. I know, but they'll find a way. They're evil I, like that. That's fair. Won't <laughs> argue with that. Well, well if we're going to be talking about Oklahoma, it makes me really angry that Oklahoma and Florida and Michigan, now that I think about it, are Jordan schools. I feel like that's something you have to earn. And as we've seen, I'm now on the anti-Michigan bandwagon. And then Oklahoma and Florida, it's like... I feel like Oklahoma's earned it. Oklahoma's earned it from like a being good standpoint, but you have to have some kind of basketball tradition, I feel like, to have that, because Jordan is a basketball brand. That is true. They had the one good year with Blake Griffin. Exactly, the one good year out of 8,000 NCAA basketball years. And they've been more respected. And they had Buddy Hield. That's true. They made a Final Four and then got undressed. Long Kruger is building a solid program there. All right. I, I, I just need to see a little bit more. So should they revoke it from Georgetown? Um, no. Since they've been so bad. No, because Georgetown Ewing, at least has the history, yeah. Patrick Ewing is going to rise up and rebuild that program. They were, they were solid last year. They're on the way back up. Use the word to- solid loosely. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I should say. <laughs> All right, so that's all, that's all our picks for, now, the, for college. Now to the professionals and get to the NFL where it's harder to pick games, I feel like, but I'm going to do better, especially this week. You just play down to your competition. College, college picking, lower competition in theory, so you're not on your A Exactly. Game. So I'll start off with the Thursday night game, Atlanta at Philly. 
it kills me to do this because I love the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, Super Bowl champs. I'm going to pick the Falcons because in that playoff game last year, and we, we touched on this with, with Bill and Tim, but the Falcons probably should have won that game. I mean, that was a stupid play call at the end of the game. You know, you cut the field in half when you roll to the short side of the field. Julio Jones slipped and still probably had a chance at the ball. Um, that deflected. It should have been an interception and got deflected to an Eagles receiver at the end of the first half and then got a field goal. Like, a lot of breaks went the Eagles' way. So I think the Falcons are just going to be really fired up to get some revenge, and Falcons will win that one. It'll be close, but I'll take the Falcons. I'm with you on that. The Falcons are my Super Bowl pick this year. I was surprised myself that I picked the Falcons, but it just one of those gut feelings and the way their schedule the, That's the best way to pick anything. Yep, so didn't overthink it. I didn't want an L.A. Super Bowl in Atlanta. A freeway bowl. Yeah, the home field advantage is going to be huge for the Falcons down the stretch, but I think it's the motivation opening day. Even with their problems with Julio Jones' contract, I think the Falcons come out guns a-blazing and just stop the Eagles. Next, I'm going to go with another NFC East team at home. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Giants. I'm going to go with the Jags just because it's going to... Jalen Ramsey versus Odell. That's going to be entertaining. I, I honestly hope that just develops into fisticuffs. Not a fight, just fisticuffs. Um, they're going to be you know working in Barclays. I think there are going to be some kinks there early, just trying to figure out where exactly they want to use him. And I will and go with the Giants. Because Eli's going to have his best game of the year against the Jaguars. He'll have a little motivation, especially with the Jalen Ramsey comments. I do think they move Odell away from Jalen Ramsey, put him more in the slot. So he's going to get A.J. Boye, which is still a solid defender. But Odell has at least one touchdown catch. One thing, just sorry to interrupt you. Actually, I'm not sorry. Um, One thing, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to game plan to do it this way on defense. Why couldn't you just game plan to have um, Ramsey just follow uh, Odell at all over the field? Just wherever he lines up, that's where you go. And just have him man up all game. Like, is that a terrible idea? I know they've done it before. Like, Josh Norman did that when he was at the Panthers. Um, he did that quite a bit. So I bet they could definitely do that. But the thing about the Jaguars' defense is they have strengths all over the place, so I don't think they're not, they necessarily... They're not too worried about it. It's... Ramsey's side is locked down, and they don't throw it to that side. They don't test that a lot, so I think it cuts the field in half in a lot of ways. Yeah, I just think the Jags struggle at the beginning of the season, then come together near the end to rally and win the division. Final regular pick is the Texans at the Patriots. They played pretty early in the season last year, right? They did. And the Patriots won by the skin of their teeth. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, the Patriots struggled early in the season last year. I don't know that you know. I don't know if that's an indicator that they'll struggle early again this year. But I'm gonna go ahead. Is Deshaun Watson gonna be back for that one? Yeah, he is. Okay. And so is JJ Watt and JJ Watt. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Texans then. In that case, I've always liked the Texans' defense. They've just never had a quarterback, and apparently Deshaun Watson is no matter what. He is the He's the chosen. He's, he's, he's the, the chosen MV, one. He's the chosen one MVP th- this year. There it is. But I'm gonna have to go with the goat 
in Mr. Brady, even without Edelman. Gronk has a big game. I think I could be a receiver for the Patriots and have like 60 receptions and 700 yards at this point. Yeah, and the guy who's going to kill him is Chris Hogan, who killed him last year as well. Well, Cooks had a big game too. Chris Hogan had two touchdowns, four receptions for 68 yards. So he's also my fantasy player of the week. I think he's going to have a big game against the Texans because there's no one else to throw to right now with Edelman out. So I might go with the Patriots at home. They're not going to lose back-to-back home openers. That's a good, that's a good take. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. And then we have our upset pick. Andrew Luck's back for the Colts after missing the year with shoulder issues. They did upgrade the offensive line with Quinton Nelson, who's a surefire pick. But... They are going to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to cover their two-and-a-half-point underdog because I don't think Luck is ready to come back, and the Bengals always seem to start off strong and then slowly fade down the stretch and then limp into the playoffs where they blow it. All right, for mine, I'm going to go with the 49ers beating the Vikings, which feels kind of frisky, but I like that. Um, the G stays undefeated. Exactly. Um they're like six and a half, seven point underdogs. And I think they had like a whole ton of hype coming into the season, right? And then that that line is kind of a, a slap. They're going to take it as a slap in the face. It's not a slap in the face because they're totally unproven. But to them, they're going to be like, oh, nobody believes in us. And you got to love the the nobody believes in us edge. And I do feel like the Vikings are going to have a slight hangover with, with how last season ended disastrously at the, disastrously at the hands of the reigning Super Bowl champs. So... Vikings get off to a slow start. Jimmy G wins again. That's a solid pick. I like that. I do think Minnesota has a lot of hype and in going into Kirk Cousins. I mean, they did. I've never and I've never been a believer in Kirk Cousins, even which, even when he was in college. Especially, I actually really liked, especially when he was in college. Actually, and I'm exactly what I'm saying. I really liked Kirk Cousins. Yeah, at Michigan State with Le'Veon Bell. That was a sweet team. <laughs> I can't argue with that, which is really surprising. Need to take the rest of the week off? Try again next week. Sounds good. And for you OG listeners who are still with us, tell your friends to get with my friends, and we can be friends, and we can do this every weekend. Or every Thursday, as the case may be. Is that a, a poem? That is a, that's lyrics from a Biggie Smalls song. And I'm probably one of the least qualified people on earth to be quoting those lyrics, but hey, I do it anyway. It's your show. You can do what you want. Damn right. I mean, you're right. Caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. The Emperor's got a new groove, a new tune that's currently caught up in your head like the two tunes. I sit back and watch some cartoons. Slippity slap suckers on my bread. But instead, tonight I came to chill. Probably worked enough. I was still qualified to see Dr.